The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Otherwise, you will have no recompense from your heavenly Father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets to win the praises of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your almsgiving may be secret and your father who sees in secret will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, Anoint your head and wash your face, so that they may not appear to be you may not appear to be fasting, except to your father who is hidden, and your father who sees what is hidden will repay you. The gospel of the Lord. There is something greater than ashes here. There's something greater than Valentine's Day here. Jesus Christ is truly here. What should draw us more than anything, our hearts to this heart-to-heart encounter should be the person of Jesus Christ. The living word of God here, the voice may change, but the word is eternal, and he speaks to your heart and mine today. Jesus Christ, no matter where we are in our path or where we've been, maybe it's been years since you've been to church or whatever, but you find yourself back here, welcome, we're so glad you're here to begin this seasonal journey, but I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ is truly here, body, blood, soul, and divinity, sacramentally present in this tabernacle. And the tabernacle's all over the world because he said, I am the bread of life. There is something far greater than ashes here. And in one word, my brothers and sisters in Christ, one word from Jesus himself to your heart and mine, from the prophet Joel, from that first reading, sums up our entire Lenten theme and journey this year. And it is return. Return. Return to me with your whole heart, your whole heart, 
See, something far greater than Valentine's Day is here. It is a call from the sacred heart of Jesus, a personal call to the hearts of you, me, and all humanity to encounter a God who loves us, a God who calls us, and a God who wants us to repent and believe in the gospel. Believe in the good news. It's a call to our heart. It's a call to an encounter with hearts. You know, in a moment, the, the, gifts, will, the gifts aren't going to be brought up. They're, they're here in the back for the kids' school. They, the gifts were brought up, and I received the gifts. And we come to Mass, and we've come for years maybe to Mass, and, you know, we can almost go on autopilot, you know, where it's the times, the song's playing or whatever, but it's the offertory, and it's all that moment, and all that stuff gets going on, and we can lose sight of what really was meant by the offertory from the first Christians. You see, what's brought up and what we'll take from the credence table right behind the altar is actually bread. It's bread in, in a ciborium, a little golden ciborium, but it's just bread. But at the words of consecration, because Jesus wants to use my vocal cords, he wants to use my hands, and I act by virtue of the ordination that he called to me, the priesthood, I act in the person of Jesus Christ. I'm not Jesus, but I act in his person. And I say the words, he uses me, he uses my hands, he uses my voice. And what is now bread, back here on the credence table, behind the altar, truly becomes Jesus. Body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. There's been Eucharistic miracles all over the world in which scientifically they've looked at stuff or whatever was happened, and it's truly been known to be heart tissue. After consecration, it truly becomes Jesus gives his heart to us. And so we receive him in the Eucharist, and I know we may have some that are in our RCI program. You know, there's a, there's a thing in the Catholic Church where, you know, in the Catholic Church where you may discern and learn about the faith and learn about what we say amen to at the moment of, of Holy Communion, which is amen, I believe, the body of Christ, that is Jesus that I'm receiving either in my hand or on my tongue. That is Jesus, I'm receiving him, and there's a preparation for that. And there's many that are journeying. We have like 75 plus that are journeying in this parish this year to either get baptized or confirmed or to receive their first Holy Communion. And that is good. We also have many that gather with us, which is beautiful, that, that haven't taken that step, but they're of the one baptism of Jesus Christ. They've been baptized. They've been baptized. And so they've received that grace there and they're here with us worshiping, but they're not receiving Holy Communion. They're, they haven't taken that step. More than happy to ask, ask about that. There's also some who could be here. I know of one couple where the, one of the spouses is Jewish and he comes with his wife every week and he's there and he gets his blessing. So what, what am I mentioning is when we, when we, when there's something far greater than ashes here and it's our Lord who wants to meet us here and what a privilege is, what an honor is and I'm so thankful that, that y'all have taken you know, time off of work and you've come here and yes, this is only gonna be, it's the beginning of Lent, so yes, 
Your first penance is this hour homily, okay? All right, that's your first penance. You got it, right? No, I'm not gonna do that to you. But, but I mean, what, 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 what I'm trying to do, not only you, when I preach to y'all, I'm preaching to myself, but where is my Eucharistic life? And I'm speaking to Richard Sutter, where is your Eucharistic life? How am I gonna increase my prayer? How am I gonna increase my prayer during, during Lent? Can it be a short little visit to the Eucharist, the chapel on the way home from work? Maybe bringing your child after picking them up for school. Pop in here, visit, just a five minute visit. Give Jesus a wink and say, Jesus, I love you. I know you're here, I'm activating my faith, but I love you. I wanna meet you heart to heart. Or maybe it's a commitment, you know, you've been away for a time, it's a commitment, well, you know, I wanna go to confession, I'm gonna do that, and I wanna come to Mass every Sunday, I wanna come every Sunday, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna make my commitment, I'm gonna come every Sunday, and I'm gonna keep the baptismal promise that I made for my children, in which I stood there at the font, and I said, I will raise them in the practice of the faith, and I'm gonna do that, and I'm gonna bring them to church with me on Sunday. Maybe you're already doing it, that's fine, maybe it's just increasing thinking of Jesus and uh, recalling his presence while you drive your car when you're a little frustrated in traffic. How am I gonna increase my prayer? In what, what, what way is my prayer gonna help me become Eucharist to somebody else? The wine comes up, that's crushed grapes. It can hurt at times. How am I going to give alms? What is that? And I'm not just talking about money. Alms means giving, expecting nothing in return. Not looking for a tax return. I'm not giving money to the church so I get, I'll get my tax break, get all this. No, I'm, I'm giving alms. I'm giving something, expecting nothing in return. It could be monetarily. To the little kids I told them, how can you give alms? Make your bed. Set the table. How can you give alms? Render a compliment to someone at work. That's moments when we as Christians get crushed like those grapes that are brought forward that are, become the wine. And what about fasting? Fasting is denying ourselves for something good. So to fast, how might I, how might I fast? Now, a lot of times we get focused like, okay, it's Ash Wednesday and Good Friday are days of obligation to we fast as a church on those days, fasting. What does that mean? One full meal and two meals that don't equal a full meal with no snacks in between. That will classify as fasting. Ash Wednesday, Good Friday. 18 years old to 59 years old. If you're over 59 years old, yes, you can choose to fast, but also you may not be able to health reasons you need to eat that's the church speaking to us 18 to 59 usccb you can look it up google it but that's fasting but let's take it a step further for fasting what about fasting from gossip at work or in carpool waiting in line how about fasting from technology how about unplugging from whatever you're plugged into, unplugging that and playing a board game as a family on a Friday night instead of watching TV or doing that? We're gonna shut it all down on a Friday night. We're gonna have a family night. How about fasting from those things 
You know, it's no coincidence that with technology, when we look and we just kind of get there and we waste hours and we could, you may not be doing it. If you aren't, God bless you, but it's called feeding. I'm looking at my iPhone and it's feeding. How can I disconnect from those things as a fast? Why? To engage my heart into something, something else. You see, because in the water, I'll take the water and I'll mix it with the wine and I'll say, may the, may the mingling of this water and wine, right? Mingling our humanity in his divinity. So to fast, to deny, deny ourselves something good, something good, the right amount of technology can be good. You can Facebook and share pictures with family and you can send emails and texts, but it's also good sometimes just say, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna pick up the phone so someone can hear my voice or I'm gonna go visit someone and be, have to truly be Eucharist for someone else and be really present in a virtual world. The other day I was out and there was a big, big event with a bunch of kids. I mean, there were, it was a state championship thing. I saw it, just went there and there were a bunch of people in the stands Everybody, every, everybody, everybody, adults and kids, I wouldn't all have their phones out. Everybody, heads down, phones out doing this. I'll be the first to say I could be guilty of it. I know one of the first times I'm there praying my bravery on my phone. And I was at a special Olympics event doing service and I'm outside walking as a priest with a collar, praying my bravery, praying. And somebody who volunteered who wasn't a Christian came up to me and said, what are you doing looking at your phone? And I was like, I'm praying. He goes, yeah, right. Yeah, right. No, 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 really, I'm praying. Yeah, right. Right, it's, it's just that example. Go out to eat, leave the phones in the, in the car. Maybe fast from that, fast from that. Shut that down, right? And go to dinner and engage. Next time you go out, see how many people are like, you know? So when he's, to, 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 to fast from certain things, my brothers and sisters of Christ, you know, the, the, bottom line, the bottom line is this, is Jesus, what he wants, he's got everything. He's got everything. He's Lord and life of history. He's sitting in the right side of the Father. He's the King of kings. But what he doesn't have, only you and I can freely give. And that's our hearts. To rend your hearts and not your garments. To give your heart to Jesus this time. In, in, in a way that we can measure it. We can measure it. What our world needs is they need Christians that are convinced of their leaving, that they're followers of Jesus Christ, that they're disciples of the Lord before they're just wearing Catholic on their shirt and just claiming the name Christians. If you wear an ash on your forehead, and we're gonna do that in a moment, that's wonderful. You get to have that mark on you. But one day that's gonna wash off, but you got a mark on you that will not, never be washed off. That's the mark from your baptism, an indelible mark that you carry around every day that those of you baptized, you have a mark that you will take into eternity. And those who have been confirmed, it goes on your forehead, a cross with that sacred oil. There's a mark. We're Christians. But when we don't have ashes on our foreheads and we go out into the world, do they know that we're Christians? is if I were to be put on trial as a Christian, would there be enough evidence to say I'm guilty as a Christian in my life? I don't know. I mean, if this long homily calls you to squirm and say, man, what? that's actually good. 
Lent's not about, well, let's just kind of feel good about ourselves and this is good and everything's good. No, it's like, let's, let's see what we need to do. It's the spring training of the Catholic Church. Baseball's getting ready. It's spring training for the rest of the season of the year. What's gonna catapult me in the rest of my year to be a true follower of Jesus Christ? To be convinced, to be convicted on into whatever the rest of 2024 is gonna throw at it. And 2024 is gonna throw a ton at us. The world's throwing so much at us and we can be blind to what's going on. Jesus is calling you and me from the heart to be his witnesses in these times and it's gonna cost. It's gonna cost. And I'll just kind of close with this. I was edified by, by, by a young man that came probably a junior, senior in high school. He goes to one of the private schools that are here. Not the Catholic school, but one of the private schools. He came in all by his lonesome to the seven o'clock mass, got his ashes on his forehead and went out there convinced to walk the halls of his high school. And I know another person that sent me a note and said, Father, last year, a middle schooler came in, a 12-year-old came in wearing that on and got ridiculed and got whatever. May they ridicule us for loving the way Jesus loved. And may we bless them. Bless those who persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely. Rejoice and be glad because your names will be written in heaven and we want others there too. I know, I, I, I'm going on and I'm probably, just stop. <laughs> but, you know, and David's over there, yes, please stop, Father. He teaches our RCI, everybody's going to but, 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 but the bottom line is, Jesus loves you and he wants your heart and he wants my heart but there's a whole lot of people out there whose heart he wants to. So how might I give my heart to Jesus so that he can change my heart to be more like his heart and as a fruit of that, bring others to him? So awesome that Ash Wednesday is on Valentine's Day to remind us that there's something greater than ashes here, something greater than Valentine's here. Jesus is here. Amen.